We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Lion Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger. Let's jump in. All right, guys, this week, it's the area of self that we're going to be talking about. And today, we're going to be talking about living with heroic disgrace. And remember the verse of the week. The verse of the week, Deuteronomy 130, the Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf. Remember, guys, you don't have to do this alone. He will fight on your behalf. So go back to that spiritual kickoff if you need another kick in the pants, and you'll be ready to go to get going for, for, your, for, for this week. Now, for this week, I got Scott Box. Now, he is the founder of the ministry Worship Hero, and his mission is to change the way people understand and practice worship by practicing tools to pursue, pursue Jesus, pursue Jesus, and reflect Jesus as a habit leading to hope to a lifestyle of heroic disgrace. He lives in Central Oregon with his wife, Karen, daughter, Ainsley, and his son, Titus. And they share a home with a four-pound dog that ironically has no teeth. So, Scott, I got to know more about the dog here at some point, man. So, how are you doing today? Uh, Chris, I'm great, man. Yeah, that little rat dog, that's my daughter's dog. And my word, that thing is... Uh, you know what? Here's what I learned. I learned with little dogs, Chris... You gotta brush their teeth, or their teeth fall out, man. <laughs> I swear. Well, we have a little Yorkie at our house, and sometimes I wish his teeth would fall out. But that's another. That's another story. My wife probably just rolled her eyes when she's listening to this episode. But man, bro, I am so excited, brother. This is a great conversation. I love your book, and Thanks. excited to talk about it. And 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 you know, maybe just if you want to get us started, you know, what what made you decide to open up and share about your mental mental health journey? Yeah. Well, I uh, I didn't know that I wanted to write a story, but I, I knew as having been a, a music pastor in the church for years and years, I, I, I thought I had figured some stuff out about worship that I wanted to share with the world. And gosh, Chris, I, I, I put some stuff together and then I sent it off to a publisher and they were like, we don't care. And, and, and it didn't just stop with that, which was cool. The, 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 the feedback was what we do care about, Scott, is your story. So would, would you tell your story? And, and then maybe, then maybe we care. And that was, that was an eye opener for me because I recognized that I, I had a story to tell, but I didn't know how to do it. And so this has really been the hardest season for me occupationally in the sense that I, I've never done anything this difficult in writing, writing my own story. Yeah. It, it was hard. 
And but I set I set my my mind to do it. I pivoted and I went I went for it. And this the 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 outcome is my story, heroic disgrace. Man, I absolutely love it. And I'm I'm excited to talk more about worship because it it sounds like music is a huge part of your life. And you know, just offhand, man, just to get it out front, back in the day, I was a big corn guy. I did ah! see I saw your cousin. I, I saw I saw him probably yeah. three times, man. I, my, yeah, I used to be the guy who had the truck with the camper shell with all the stickers. I had the corn, the stain, the limp biscuit, all those stickers on the back of my truck. And uh, so, yeah, man, I, big time. And so when I saw he wrote the intro, that 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 grabbed me too. And I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. But yeah, I just wanted to throw uh, that out there. Yeah. No. Well, you know what? Since we're there, uh, I I'd be happy yeah. to start with this. Here's what's so amazing about what Brian's. Brian's intersection with my life is, so I'm 45. Brian's, I, I think Brian's 50, maybe, maybe he's 51. But uh, Brian and I, we, we knew each other existed, <laughs> basically. Uh, but up until this last real 10, 15 years, we didn't have much interaction. And, but here's what happened. When Brian, when Brian met Jesus... I, I started to pay attention because like so many of us, we we're like, yeah, is, is this a thing? You know? Right. It, and I, uh, I was, I was really interested in, in, is this, yeah. Is, is Christ changing Brian? Is Brian submitting his life to Christ? And boy, I mean, we, we all realized, yeah, this is, this is legit. And, uh, here, here's, here's the way that this intersected, though. I, here I am leading worship, if you will, in churches, Chris, and I, I, I'm the worship leader, and I'm looking at the way that Brian's living his life, and I, I was scratching my head. I did not understand what I was seeing. The type of worship that I was seeing was not the type of worship that I was leading, and and so there was this disconnect of, okay, if worship is music in church on Sunday, and then Brian is living this lifestyle that is this massive witness, uh, there's some, there's a disconnect between the music and the lifestyle component. And, and I, it, it opened my eyes to this thing that I had to share with the world that, that ultimately came down to Brian's this rock star and I'm this music leader or worship leader. And I just go to the point and then I just say the rock star, the rock star led the worship leader. Right. Right. It's crazy. Right. It is amazing. And I tell you, you know, one thing you know, from a worship standpoint in our, in our churches and the cool thing about, it, I've seen more and more too, you make and speak to this. You're seeing a lot more upbeat, you know, even hardcore rock in your, in worship. Right. Cause that, I mean, we're speaking to guys here. And let's yep. face it, a lot of guys, they, they come to the churches, you know, and I'm all for the hymns. I think there's a ton of value in hymns, Absolutely. but, you know, but we're losing, you know, sometimes it feels like we're singing to like Jesus is our boyfriend. And that is not the type of music <laughs> no. that like, no. You, no. Know, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you go to a corn concert, like yeah. that's right. amped up. I mean, that's mm -hmm. probably the loudest concerts I've ever been yeah. to in my life. I mean, but, but there's an energy there in those in yeah. concerts. It's probably not the right energy, but there is still, there's an energy there. It Coming and from I, the gut, though. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, just just to see him, like, I just remember vividly watching Brian on stage 
and the energy he has and and he poured everything out and now he's doing that in, in you know and and for Jesus and we need that in worship because that's going to bring more and more guys and get them connected because you come in there and just sing these songs that just Jesus is, is, is you know, kiss me on my nose and pat me on my back. And then they sit there and have to listen to somebody talk for 30 minutes. That's not going to engage these guys. We got yeah. to go differently. And I'm guilty of it, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm, I, and this is, this is part of the reason, too, that I, was, I became so committed to, 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 to trying to help the local church uh, not be so reliant on the, the monster, uh, the, the, the song, the song creator, you know, the elevation or the, the hill songs. I mean, let even, even gosh, the Lord can speak through songs that even kind of technically stink. And, and yet they, they came from the heart of the local church. And, uh, that, that's, that's a whole nother issue that we could get into, but that's, that is that thing that if we could capture that, that heartbeat and, uh, but, but at the end of the day, I, I'm just as guilty as any other worship leader, if you will, who has sung boyfriend songs to God. It just doesn't work. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't work at all. So, I mean, I, my hats off to you. I mean, I mean, I, I think this is a topic that's so important and, you know, one heroic disgrace when you started working this through, you know, you yeah. really talked a lot about mental health and you're just kind of right. sticking through the, the, the church theme. You know, that's not something that churches and Christians even talk about that much, man. I mean, why do you, why do you think there's a hesitancy there to even have that mental health conversation? Yeah, so I think that's that's the real that was the real thrust of the beginning of my story, Chris. Is that this there was this problem that I had? Let's get back to the church thing, but I'll, I'll explain just for the listeners. Sure. There was this there was this difficulty that I was having at the. Be- really the beginning of my marriage with Carrie Ann and um, it, it progressive, it got progressively worse too. Uh, and so I, I deal with uh, bipolar manic depressive. So uh, for, for, for me, it, what, what I was dealing with were these massive highs and these ridiculous lows. And then there was this crazy mixture of, of things like irritation that would, would cause me to, uh, I mean, I wanted to just crawl out of my skin and really, Oh, it, it, I mean, lights were, lights were too bright. Sounds were too loud touch. I had to get out of my clothes and just, and, and wish that I could hover over the carpet because I didn't want my feet touching anything. I mean, I, I'm not talking metaphysical weirdness. I'm just talking about physiological reactions to what, what is going on. And, Ultimately, we, we went and uh, kind of fell into getting help with a counselor. We were looking to adopt a kid from Haiti at one point, and that was just part of the process because they, they wanted us to, you know, check the box. Okay, you're, you're okay to have a kid come into your house. And, and yeah, Chris, the, 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 psych, the psychologist ended up, you know, after a little while, because uh, Carrie Ann and I realized, wow, this is kind of good to meet with psychologist that this is actually healthy and we did it together it wasn't something that we did separate we were just we again we stumbled into it but uh Libby is her name and the, the psychologist and Libby just said you know Scott you know Scott there might be might be something worth exploring here uh and let's let's go ahead and pursue 
understanding what's happening with you uh, mentally. And, um, and then it took a year before diagnosis. And then I will mention this, that diagnosis was an incredible gift. It was not a death sentence for me. Uh, and that, because you knew at that point? Well, I knew something the heck was very wrong with me. Right, <laughs> right. I, I, needed, I needed help. My marriage was a wreck. And a lot of that, and we can get to this too, uh, I, I realize I haven't touched on the church component in mental health yet, but, but a lot of what I was struggling with too, and a lot of the shame that I was bringing into this and the, the anxiety had to do with self-medicating really with pornography. Uh, and I, it's a humiliating thing to talk about. I mean, face to face with another dude who has an audience with, you know, it's humiliating, but I, I'm willing to go there because I know how devastating it, it was to my, my sense of moral authority. You know, I, how could I, how could I be a worship pastor, right. uh, let alone, you know, a good husband when I'm filling my my eyes and my mind with just all sorts of garbage. And so the self-medication component fits into that. And I guess I'll just slingshot to this and you can take this wherever you want. But uh, I I think that the next piece to this, Chris, that was so fascinating for me was on one hand, you've got self-medication on, on the other, you've got actual medication, (laughs) like the, 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 in, in my case, a psych- psychiatric nurse practitioner came along, partnered with the psychologist and prescribed medication. And I was like, mm, yeah, no, right. no, that doesn't that doesn't fit my heroic sense of of life. You know, I'm, I'm too big a hero. I'm too great a man. I'm too whatever that. And uh, no, eventually my psychologist said, Scott, stop. We know what we're talking about. This will work. Trust us. It's going to take time. But if you trust us, it's going to be like a switch was flipped and you will get better. Uh, And so I just I call that in my story, Chris, I just call it my dedication to medication. I just got it's, it's a dedication to medication. And I convinced myself I do not. I know what life is like on that side. The non-medication side and the self-medication side. I want life on on this side, and I'm still Scott Box. I promise you, I'm still the dude. Right, <laughs> right. So, anyway, there you go. I, I I feel like that maybe gives some some context to, to I, your audience. I think it's great context, and I'm so glad you went there. And and you know, just to to kind of when I when I hear that, I, I go straight to in my mind. I went to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, yes. and the pride of life. So, I mean, that's the, that's the three things that Satan's going to throw at us, right? Yeah. The pride of life is holding you back from saying that, you know, I don't need that medication. You know, I got this and my man, you know, pump your, pump your chest, you know, yeah. just lean okay. in. I just, just got to just, just pull my boots a little tighter, bootstrap it and, and go. That's how guys think. And that's where we yeah. get in freaking right. trouble, guys. I mean, come on, let's face it. So dangerous. Yeah. So it's dangerous, man. But like the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. Those are tools that Satan uses. And man, Scott, I mean, I was on a call recently with a, a guy in the lion's den. I'm trying to help him. And and, yeah. and he went straight to, I mean, he's struggling with pornography. And, and this was something he was, he, re, he read off some stats to me that blew my mind. And the stats were around actual pastors 
And yeah. the, the pastors, I mean, it's it's a bigger problem than 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 this. Like it's it's the problem that we nobody talks about. We right? don't want to talk about it. No, you it's shameful. <laughs> right, it's, right, and it's embarrassing as heck. I mean, that's yeah, because we're so we want to portray self discipline and, and control. So I'm with you. Yeah, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you well, off. No, so. what I was just going to say is, look, he went to his church, right? And so he's not a pastor. He's just he's just a dude. Okay. He's out here working it. But yeah. he went to his church for support on, you know, hey, I'm struggling with with, with sex addiction, porn, pornography. These things are pulling at me in my life. Yeah. Like, can you help me? And that he got no help, Scott. I mean, there was none. And 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 so now he's trying to figure out things. He's meeting with therapists and things like that. But I'm like, brother, you know, you first of all, you're in a spiritual battle. <laughs> and yeah, this right. you need to recognize right. who you're battling right. here. And and I, right. I agree, therapy is, is great. I mean, there's actual medication that can help you. But brother, uh, the church has got to step up here, Scott. Yeah, boy, you, you're right. And and here's here's one of the things. <sighs> okay, here, let's let's take this from two angles. I, I think that the I want to attack this just from to kind of at least at this point put. Uh, finalize my thought on the pornography side okay. of and just say, and simply say that here, here's, here's the way that it manifested in my life. Uh, that it, when, when I, again, boy, isn't this weird? I, I still feel a sense of shame and humility uh, just talking about it. But when I felt sexually slighted by my wife, I felt justified in going, screw it. But, in order to, for, whatever it was going on in my head, I, I was just like, fine, you, 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 you're too tired tonight. <laughs> you know, that's right. Type of, right. Uh, okay. Well, I, there's other ways. Right. And, and so that to me, that's an ugly part of me. I hate that part of me. And uh, that, that was something, especially as a young man, that I did not give to Jesus. I did not allow I did not submit that part of my life to Christ to control. I just, I held that tight because, uh, well, and here's the, here's the crazy thing for me. And I think most guys, unless our consciences have been seared, we do feel guilty for it. We, we, you know, we, the next day stinks and the next week stinks and the next, you know, whatever it's, it's so so, yeah, I mean, we have this sense of control and yes, I'll hold this as my own and then it eats us up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have control. And that's that give and take of it. But that's where it came for, for me, Chris. Uh, and that's how I just, I, and ultimately what that did for me, just to put uh, a, a, an exclamation point on it, is it took me out from a moral authority standpoint, I've said that before, but I, I truly, this is what has destroyed so many men's, uh, especially men in the church, because we keep it so secret. We don't even joke about it. The, the marketplace jokes about it. They'll just, right. I mean, shoot, they'll just joke about it, uh, at, which is almost better than keeping it secret. Right, right. So... Um, because of what it does to the soul. And now I'm not saying it is better. I just, it's, it's, there's just that sense of at least it's not secret and it's destructive in the way that the devil can get in and just destroy our moral authority. 
So what have men done? We've opted out of the church. We've opted out of leadership. We've we've just been like, ah, son, son, don't just don't do that because it might. We have no good rationale as to why to tell our sons not to, <laughs> not to do it. You know, it's right. It's, so I see I see where this has gone in my life, and I want I really do want to call us all all us men into this heroic journey, this adventure. Uh, uh, and I call it a heroic disgrace because it is disgraceful in so many ways. But, but here's what's so cool is at the end of the day, Jesus flips that disgrace upside down and talk more about that. He absolutely does. And I mean, this is another reason guys, why I'm so big every week I talk about Scott, I, I call it our lion's den. That's our group of men that we, that we're building our community because guys, we need community, but we also need to be real with each other. And if we're struggling with something, you know, just suppressing it and, and, and hoping it goes away. That's not the answer. Like you got to bring it to your brothers. But then again, iron sharpens iron and you can only do that if you're sharp enough to sharpen someone else. Like, so, I mean, that, that's it, you know, cause you know, yeah. iron doesn't sharpen aluminum. That's not the way it works. I mean, it has to be, you have to be iron and be able to handle and be able to be uh, vulnerable enough to have these conversations and transparent enough. And then also, be real enough with your brothers when you hear this to help them through it. Uh, and, and and a lot of this is just prayer. I mean, a lot of this really comes down to scripture and prayer and getting your life right and how you view women. And, and I mean, there's so many things I can go on and on and on about that, but I'm telling you, man, you can't do it alone. And I'm so, I love how you call it heroic disgrace, you know, but there, the, the heroic part is what we need to hang on to. Right. Yeah. So here, oh gosh, Chris, you're so dead on. I, I so appreciate that because I I know a lot of us dudes can can identify with this this dream that we have of being heroic in some capacity. You know, to come through to save the day. And here's the miracle of what my bipolar disorder did for me is that it. it it caused me to realize that I that I I couldn't be the hero that I thought I was going to be that I was designed to be. It forced me to recognize how desperate I was. I not just for more Jesus, but that I was desperately I was designed to be desperate for Jesus. This mm-hmm. is this is this is this is what I realized. And I realized it by looking at Jesus's life. Jesus's life, he was desperate for his father. Yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily like Jesus had it all figured out. I mean, I think he did. He was God, but he was God in a body and he needed his father. He needed that interaction. And Jesus modeled worship in a way and heroism in a way that just totally upside turned it upside down. He needed his father. He was desperate for his father. He was in a, in a way, he was designed to be desperate for, for God the Father. In the same way, we, our, our medication, if you will, in this regard, is that we were desperate, we were designed to be desperate for Christ. And I think we, we just, we don't think of heroism that way. We think right. that it's on us to do it. We're self-made, self-reliant dudes. And the answer is no. <laughs> right. That's right. The answer is no. I tell you what, Scott, we're going to take a quick break because I want to come back and I want to talk about something that's in your book 
that I think, guys, it hits us at the core of, of why we, you know, we we are holding back on that heroic disgrace. So let, let's we'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, are you looking for something fun to do for a date night? I got it for you. And you're going to thank me forever. It's called the Sexploration List. It's going to open up a fun conversation to come together on the topic of sex. So to get your copy of the Sexploration List, we partnered with Uncovering Intimacy. And they have many more resources that are going to help you and your spouse come together, have a great conversation, and grow your sex life together. And we know at the line within us, to be a lion, to be the leader, you need a strong marriage. And that part of that strong marriage is a strong sex life. So guys, go to the linewithin.us forward slash sex, use the coupon code lion at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your orders store-wide. So that's the linewithin.us forward slash sex, coupon code lion. All right, guys, we're back. So Scott Scott Box is here with us. We're, we're walking through his book, Heroic Disgrace. He's given us a lot of things to think about right now so far. But Scott, I want to go to one thing that I see guys struggling with. And when, when I saw this in your book, it just really jumped out. And it has to do with fear, my man. Huh. And, 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 you know, I read your, January 3rd, 1999, about that cab ride. And I could, I could just feel it. I could just feel it. I could feel where you were. And there's, there was a quote. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it out right here for you listeners. Again, go check the show the, the links in the show notes. Get you a copy of this book right now. But it says, "I am married to a woman who exceeds my dreams. Can I come through for her? Can I be the man I expect myself to be? Can I be the man she expects me to be?" And bro, I remember saying that to myself too. Well, when we got married, we were on our, on our flight to, to to our honeymoon, and I was thinking a lot of these same thoughts. And I'm sure a lot a lot of guys were. It's like. Yeah. Fear cripples, right? So I just I just want to give you an open platform, man. Just go wherever wherever the spirit leads you here. Wow. So it's not all connected with sex either, is mm-hmm. it? It's no. like there's there's some real you are you're you're in big boy pants now type of thing. It's not just like, oh, will I you know, it's it's not all just connected with that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's it's very much connected with real world uh I just, you know, it all depends on, it doesn't all depend. It, there is a connection to the, in my case, I was, I stood up in front of hundreds of people. Uh, we had a big wedding and I just made this giant commitment in front of people. This is the biggest thing that I've done. And dear God, what did I just do? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and and here was the other thing is we left the country. So here we are in in Cabo, Mexico. And, you know, I I was young. I hadn't seen in this case, there's guys, you know, at the airport holding their guns. And that that wasn't something in in the U.S. that we're used to seeing. I mean, you'll see cops with their pistols on and, you know, every now and then you'll see a bigger gun. (laughs) But not not just people on every corner or, or military. Anyway, that that just threw me and. We, we hop in this cab ride. If, if you've ever been to Cabo, you have to kind of walk this gauntlet of salespeople as you're getting out to the, the um, you know, just out. And I mean, the, the, the senses are bombarded with new smells, new everything. And I just, I just kind of deer in the headlights. I, we get in this cab. And when you leave Cabo 
and it might still be this way. I, I don't know, but you kind of have to go out of town and then it gets dark. All you leave the lights and then you're just on your way out to where all the resorts are and everything. And we just got this thing as a gift uh, from a family member. And so I didn't know I, we, we get out and I'm thinking this guy's going to kill us. You know, he's taking us out to his buddies. He's going to hurt my wife. And I'm looking for stuff to stab the guy with. I, you know, I don't know what, and I mean, it was, it was, it was as close to a panic attack as I had ever experienced. And until I did experience a panic attack later on, but, uh, Kabul was the, the launching point that then led me into, uh, this, uh, and, and it's probably very much connected to some of my mental illness stuff, the, the bipolar stuff. But uh, I had another experience that was much more public and was much more humiliating, ultimately, uh, from a fear, uh, chaos standpoint in the head that then uh, really crushed my identity. That's the, that's the frustrating thing, beyond frustrating thing, Chris, with fear, is how, again, uh, it... It kind of like the, like the pornography stuff messes with your more moral authority. Fear does mess with your identity um, because you can't come through. You're you're crippled by fear. Um, anyway, lead me on. I, I I don't want to take us too long on that, but that that is a giant issue. Well, I'm curious now. You, I mean, if you don't mind sharing, you you opened up about the panic attack, and you also opened up about. And there was another big event. Is there anything you'd like to share there? Because I'm always curious. I talk about anxiety a lot of times. I deal with anxiety. I have panic attacks. Yeah. You know, that, that's hit me in the past. You know, and it, for me, it's seasons, man. It's, just, it's, it's really right. weird. So I'm, I'm curious to share because this may be something that resonates with guys out here. Like, you know, what does a panic attack actually look like for you? And then, you know, just there may be some yeah. value there. Yeah. So, so for me in all of this, Okay, so I will, I'll get to that story. Okay. With, with all of this for me, there's this sense of that I've, I've struggled with for years. All of us dudes will get locked into the grind, the, the just day in and day out. And I know that my fear to some degree was really connected to this question of, God, there's got to be more to life than this. If, if there's not more to life than this, then that, that triggered fear for me in, in a way that anyhow, I, I, I don't know if that'll connect with somebody, but, but, but when I was driving home from selling insurance one day and I'm just stuck in traffic on interstate five that runs North South along the West coast, I, I'm just like, there's got to be more to life than this. And that, that sense of claustrophobia that just mm-hmm. comes in. That is a thing, and I don't know exactly how it all works psychologically, but I know it's a thing. And there was this moment when I was working at George Fox University. I was—I had a cool job too. I, I had the opportunity to work with students uh, in the alumni office of all things. The alumni are the graduated people, but the the idea was that we would work to develop affinity with the students before they graduated, so that they'd be you know, better alumni. It was super right. cool. So I got to work with and, and help develop leaders and put on cool events. And anyway, so we, at one point though, we did sit down in front of the board 
the alumni board, you know, 30 people. And I had the opportunity, I was given the opportunity to, to introduce <laughs> a couple students, a boy and a girl. And I could feel that claustrophobia. Yeah. Start. I felt it as the meeting was going on, the, the irritation stuff. I, could, I, I still remember the stupid smell of the poppy seed salad dressing <laughs> that was on the table in front of my face. I, and the sweat. And I stand up. I couldn't remember their names. I, I, I'd worked with these kids all year. And, I, and so I, you're in the headlights. I look at these kids and I'm like, uh, I, I don't even know if I said, you got to take it yourself. I, I just kind of sat down. <laughs> they were like, yeah. sweet. Okay, cool. Uh, for, for me, it was humiliating. I remember looking across the table at a friend of mine. And he, you know, he whispered, he, he whispered, are you okay? And yeah. uh, I, I, anyhow, I left that meeting and I thought my boss, you know, I crumbled, I crumbled in front of my boss. She was one of the best uh, employers I've ever had and uh, best. And she came in, I'm laying on the floor in the student union building. <laughs> I've graduated. I, you know, I'm, I'm an alumni. I'm, I'm working there. My boss comes in, she looks at me and she goes, it's Okay go home and, 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 and rest. She didn't know what really had happened, but I remember going home, Chris, that afternoon. And I didn't feel like I deserved my wife. I didn't feel like I deserved anything good in my life. The devil had gotten into my head and wrecked my identity because of the chaos that the fear had caused in the panic attack. Uh, and and I, I, I want to say this before we, we move on. There was this constant, there was this, the identity component to this was so big. I dealt with this for years uh, where when, and you, like you say, seasonally, it would, it would happen. And especially in the spring, like right after the time change, for some reason, my uh, things would just, I'd get this little hiccup in, yeah. in life. And I would have these panic attacks and I would just blank. I would just derail and I would try to keep going rather than just stop and go, Hey, do you repeat your question or, you know, and just take a deep breath. These things got, got to me so, so bad. And this has been part of the fear that I've had, even in interacting with you, you know, and other interviews that I've had once I put myself out there with this book is like, dear God, what if I, what if I, what if, and I had an experience just a couple of weeks ago on a national uh, broadcast with a very famous person where I had that moment and then I've been given the tools. You know, I, I was able right. to stop, ask the question, tell, tell what happened. Okay, I derailed. And then anyway, just some of these tools have been able, been able to work through it. That's great. Because I mean, the what ifs and the self-doubt I mean, all that stuff is what we guys we deal with, right? I mean, for me, that's the same way, man. You after when you go through it, I, I you know, I've got to the point where I I didn't even want my wife to know. You know, I I felt this as almost embarrassment, right? There was like, I don't want her to know because then I'll feel she may think I'm weaker. You know, I'm not I'm not the man that 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 she needs me to be. I got we got daughters in the house, like. What would they think if their dad? They knew their dad was struggling, you know, with with anxiety. So, like, you suppress it, but then, like, I, I'm with you. I, I've learned tools over the years, and 
And now I openly, I'll just tell her, I'll just wake her up, you know, hey, I'm dealing with something right now. Do you mind? If, can we pray together? And then can and, and then whatever it is, you know, and, and she's there. And I don't hide it anymore. Right. And I think that's the message I'm hearing from you, too. You got to lean into this, accept it and then find the tools to work through it. Chris, yeah. Let me let me ask you real quick, just because I, I I know sharing both of our experiences is helpful. What um what happens to you physiologically? Like like what's happening in your body or. Yep. Uh, for, yeah, how does that work for you? For me, I'm, I'm with you. Like sometimes the, the sweat, <clears throat> sometimes I actually start sweating. A lot of times it's, it's this fight or flight, right? It just, yeah. it, 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 it kicks in. Like right. I got to get up out the bed right now. And I don't know, like literally bro, my wife has woke up in the middle of the night and like, I'm walking up the street. Like I'm just chilling. I mean, I, but for me, <laughs> for right. me, it was just like, right. I got to get out of the house. I don't know why, but I got to get out and just walk up the street. So uh, but, but that's usually it. It's something, you know, yeah. not a heart attack type feeling, but you definitely, your heart races. Uh, I, it, it impacts me. And, but I also remind myself in those moments and the closer, closer I've got to God and the more, and here's the thing, guys, the closer you align to God, the harder these attacks are going to be when they do happen because mm. Satan is pissed off. I mean, yeah. you know I mean? exactly. he, he doesn't like the fact that we're sitting here talking about it. Right? right. So, I mean, you know, I can expect maybe tonight he's going to attack me, but who knows? We're ready for that. But it's just, that's, that's the things yeah. that impacted me. And then I have to just really work through, you know, I have a Christian counselor that's helped me guide through with some, with yeah. some, okay. some, some mental tools to try to work through it. But at the end of the day, it comes down that you got to have the Holy spirit. You got to have that scripture ready. Yeah. You got to be ready to fight. I mean, we were, we we have what the, the armor of God. Right. And yeah. I can tell you one thing, when I get to heaven, I don't want my armor to look shiny and new. I want it to look like I've been through a freaking battle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it, and it's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so oh, that's so good. I so I totally the fight or flight. I actually have a subsection in my book called fight or flight, and I I've come to realize too that there's there's actually a there's actually a third option, yep. and it's it's the fetal position, man. Right, right, it's right. Like you, you you just like stick your thumb in and start sucking. I give up. I give up. <laughs> right. I mean, there's obviously that's that's. But there is, there's that like, okay, let's fight, let's go. Or right. or there is just bail out. But there there is that sense of just I'm giving up. I, right. And that's uh that's rough. I mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I gotcha. Here's here's one thing I, I, I wanted to throw this out because when it when when I think of a lifestyle of heroic disgrace, uh, what 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 I'm what I'm talking about uh, is really taking my pain. Um, how do I want to say this? My pain, my pain became my moment of purpose, if mm. you will. So, mm. so, so bi- bipolar disorder has given me really the permission to, uh, yeah, to, 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 to go out and share my story without shame, without guilt. Uh, I've actually harnessed my pain as my purpose. And okay, here's here's I'll throw this out. So I was at the gym uh, two days ago, and I ran into a friend who's dealing with liver failure, and he's he's got I me. Mean, oh man, it's so it's it's really hard to look at him because his 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 eyes are like bright yellow. It's 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 just disconcerting. It's right, it's uh, and yet 
here's here's a stud. You know, he's he loves God, but he is fighting through. He's fighting for his life. Yeah, and he he and I are talking, and there were some circumstances in, in it where he was just like uh, he was kind of passive, and I. I want to be sensitive to how I'm sharing this, but, but ultimately the way that, that, that conversation went down, which was so powerful was that he, he had gone passive in his pain, in his weakness. And what I've been able to, to, to experience in my story and no, I'm not dying of liver failure, but I recognize that all of us are dying in some capacity and we will. So doggone it. Let's take our pain harness it for a purpose, a kingdom purpose, and tell that stinking story because that must become our witness. If we don't do that, we, we, we've, we failed. We've right. failed. <laughs> that, our pain gives us permission to become a heroic witness to the world. And I got to look at my friend and be like, this is your time. This is your time. This is your moment. And so this is why we can talk about things like porn. We can talk about things like fear, uh, liver failure, bipolar disorder, and go, this is our time. Right, right. Well, Scott, there's two words that come to mind. Let's take a break, and then I will come back, and I'm going to share them two words. I want the guys to hear these two words, that I think you know where I'm going with this. We'll be right back, guys. Satan will do everything possible to destroy you. Are you prepared? Start training today with the Leadership for Christian Men Bible Study. The focus of this Bible study will be to help you and your lion's den grow in the areas of health, mind and body, wealth, career and finances, and self, husbands and dads. We know it can be intimidating being a Christian leader. This study will help you identify areas to work on and grow the relationships around you that will make an impact for the kingdom. If you still feel uncertain, remember, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. See our site, thelionwithin.us, for details. All right, guys, we're back here with Scott. And I tell you what, I left you hanging. I know you guys were, okay, Chris, what are the two words? What are the two words? So, Scott, two words in your book. And I, and I know you know where I'm going. Takes everything. So, s- speak to that, my friend. <laughs> Oh, uh, boy. Um, yeah, so there's there's something in my journey that the world creates, Chris, the world creates rules for us that uh, for some reason we just accept. <laughs> we just, we just, yeah, cool. Let's, let, we'll play by those rules. We don't have to. We can we can change the rules. Uh, and, and, I mean, Christ changed the rules. And that's, that's kind of where I, I, feel, I feel like as it, as it pertains to taking everything, we must give everything. This, <clears throat> I, I need to choose a lifestyle that will address my mind, the, the brokenness of my mind, my body, my spirit. And, that takes everything to change that lifestyle. I, it, I, <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it other than I was at a moment. 
it can become too late to change, Chris. There's just that's this is a universal a universal principle. It, it can become too late, and if we don't give everything, then <laughs> then it can't then. I, I was 300 pounds and I got in the car that, that afternoon that I had been, that you're referring to in my story, yes. uh, where, where my, I had vocal cord surgery and I had a therapist, my speech therapist of all things, talk about humbling. I had to go to speech therapy and she, she's like, bring your running shoes. And I, I'm like, huh? Uh, but we're, we're, we're running. I'm running these hills in, in Portland, Oregon, uh, realizing that I have to get my body in shape in order to yeah. fix my vocal cords. And I got in the car this, this one day after she and I had this banter back and forth. And I'm just like, she hates my guts. Cause I'm just, a, I, I was just being a turd face. And <laughs> right. Right. And, and she, she wrote on this, this, little sticky note takes everything. And she's not even a Christian. She wasn't a believer as far as I know. Uh, but she was, a she was a beast <laughs> and she, she hit me with truth between the eyes. And then she kicked my butt running Hills. And this lady became a really good friend and, right. and taught me, the Holy Spirit spoke through this this woman to to remind me what it took to be a heroic witness for the world was going to take everything that that I have. And am I perfect? No. Am I successful? Yes. Uh, I, because I'm consistent. Yeah. I consistently worked to give everything to Christ and let Him peel open and d- dive into the depths. Of right. what's next because he always reveals he always reveals something new and that's that's awesome that is awesome that is awesome so she tells you to show up with your shoes it's gonna <laughs> take everything you're 300 pounds at the time yeah. i mean that just it had to take a lot of perseverance as personally we have we share similar stories because I, I was 330 uh 10, year, 10 years ago so i mean i get wow. that but, you know that perseverance but you I also tell guys as part of the the health part of the line within us is you gotta you gotta take everybody because you never know what guys gonna call you to do like guys you know you you're you're leading worship you and that that takes physical energy to be able yeah. to do that right and and, yeah. and oh, that, yeah. that had impacted where you were so I mean hats yeah. off to you I mean what was the hardest part of that journey I guess was it just getting started or or was it showing up every day no it's every day yeah. I mean to this day so part of my dedication to medication. Well, has included, and this is part of also the taking everything. It's included a uh, a very short list of things that I must do every day. And the cool thing is, I can do them in any order at any time, but I must do them. And it's brush my freaking teeth, floss, you know, uh, drink a, a boatload of water, and yeah, uh, and I work out every day. I work out for a minimum of thirty minutes cardio. And then, yeah. uh, and lately, this last many months, I'm on a rowing machine for 50 minutes, and yeah. I'm not some svelte. Yeah, I still got my love handles, man. I got a belly, yeah. uh, but right. I'm you know I'm right around 220 to 230, and I know yep. that once I'm over 230, 
and I'm leading music and I start, you know, I've got this bald head. Right. I start, I start sweating. I know, Oh, I've hit that threshold. I <laughs> right. drop again. Right. So, right. And, and, and I mean, you speak to habits. I mean, as, as Christian men, we got to have good daily habits. You know, I'm with you too. Uh, yeah. Usually it's it's thirty to sixty, sometimes ninety minutes a day of of workouts yeah. for me. Right. Good. That's a that's a non negotiable. I drink a minimum of a gallon of water a day. Good. You know, you just got you got a pound of water, guys. I mean, it's really important. You I know you may think, well, how do you? you know, all, all you must do is pee, and I, I don't yeah. want to answer. Yeah, yeah, that's all <laughs> I do is pee. But that's okay. You know, uh, you you do get you get you just get used to it. You know, I'm in meetings now, and when I get up to leave, people know Chris it's drinks dumb. a gallon of water a day. So it's just the well, way that's it is, part you know? of Chris. That's part of changing the rules. That's part right. of giving yourself permission to change the rules. That again was the miracle for me of of the bipolar disorder is that it helped me recognize the desperation component that I was designed for this. We're not designed to to to, to fall and play by play by other people's rules. This is right. silly. This is absolutely ludicrous that we play by those rules. Christ did, he changed all of that. And any, anyhow. You're right, my brother. You're, you're, you're all over it. I, I'm curious on the book itself. You know, what's the one thing you hope people gain from it? Well, I, I would say that, and this isn't even in the, in the book, but I would say that what I've experienced in my life, I'm, I'm not healed. Uh, I, I'm going to have bipolar disorder my whole life, uh, which in a lot of ways I think is a gift because it's, it's, it's a lot of way how pain, pain, pain really forces us to remember that we're dependent on Christ. Uh, right. Without that pain, I wouldn't need Jesus. Without my bipolar disorder, I don't need Jesus. And, I mean, and I'm being honest because I know, I know myself. I, if I, if I didn't have this thorn, I, I would be like, screw it. I've got this covered. And, and so I, I would say that if there's anything that I could encourage all of us to, to, to know and to, to take away is that God makes healthy what he doesn't heal. God makes healthy what he doesn't heal. Health, another way to put that is health is always an option, even when healing is an absurd impossibility. That's, that is it, it really the lifestyle of heroic disgrace in a, nuts, a nutshell. It's, it's this life of health that, and it's, it's a disgraceful thing in so many ways, and it feels so clunky to be a servant and, and not be served, you know. Uh, to to die to yourself and not have people dying for you. I mean, that's one of the crazy things with with heroism. Is heroism for for somebody to 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 be heroic in history? It was always somebody had to lose, right? And and that's where Jesus flipped that completely upside down. And he's the biggest loser ever, and yet he is the great hero. How ironic is that? What a paradox. This is what I'm talking about when I say heroic disgrace and that we can, that God makes healthy what he doesn't heal. I love it. I love it. Well, Sky, I got w- one more question for you. I like to always try to end on a little something fun. What, what's something for you, a, a fun fact 
that people may not know about Scott Box, man. Oh, man. Something about belly button length or something like that. Uh, <laughs> maybe not like that. Oh. It, it could just be anything fun, man. Maybe something experienced or just something quirky about you. You know, M&M's in the middle of the night on top of, you know, stuff. I don't know. What? What? What's just something fun. Golly. I wish you prepped me for this, Chris. I should have... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, I can't, I can't stick my arm, hand under my armpit anymore and do that. That's <laughs> shoot. I, I don't know. I, uh, man, I got. So you want me to not take this serious for a moment? Let's see. Yeah, just, just, just. I mean, we've been hammering down serious topics yeah. for almost an hour, so let's just let's end on a little something light. Man. Wow. Well, I, uh, shoot, dude. I don't know. Uh, you you got to What's what's yours? What's your quirky thing? Yours isn't M and M's in the middle of the night, is it? Well, I'll do. I, I, you know, well, not anymore because you know M and M's they went they, all, they went all political. So now I have to. That's have to true, isn't a, it? You know, I have to <laughs> find a new new candy now, man. So I mean, you yeah. know, I, I guess for for me, my my thing is like I, I got this stupid little game, Tomb Blast. And I'm at a ridiculous level on it, like level six thousand or something. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. So it's like that's you know as a as a forty year old man that had to like <laughs> play a video game like like it's really embarrassing. But at the same time, yeah. I'm really good at it. So anyway, no, that's <laughs> so, good. so I I'll hop on I'll hop on that bandwagon and say video gaming has been something that I have enjoyed uh, this season. Uh, I have taken it off. So I accidentally pulled my Xbox off of my son's dresser he was borrowing it and dropped it blew up the graphics card (laughs) something like that and uh, so i've been hesitant to just go get myself a new xbox and (laughs) but no you know what okay so here's it here this is i don't even know where this will go but uh, i had i took a girl on a date in in college once and up to this up to this hillside and I, it was all about making out back then. So that was, it was just a thing. And there were, there were a bunch of, there were a bunch of houses that were being built. And this, uh, I got, I borrowed this, this girl's roommate's Jeep and I got the Jeep stuck in the mud before the date. And, uh, I had to go around knocking on doors of whatever houses were built and <laughs> ask some dude to help me pull the truck out or the Jeep out of the mud. And oh, it was so embarrassing. The dude, and all he did was flip it into four wheel drive and right. he got it out. I'm like, Oh, that's how you do it. Okay. <laughs> and sure enough, what was that? My friend just asked me the other day, he was like, so, so did you go back? And I'm like, sure. I went right back to the same place. <laughs> and so this guy had been like tooling the, the, the neighborhood. He was like, Oh, that kid's back. So that's awesome. I did get a kid. Awesome. I did get a kid. So that hey, that's that's what matters, right? So there you go. That's my M and M's in the middle of the night story. And dear Lord, I'm sorry that was pathetic. It's all good, man. It was great. It was great. Um, so Scott, we're gonna sync up everything in the show notes. But if you just want to tell our listeners, like where do they, where can they go get a copy of your book, connect with you, things like that? You bet. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me. First off, this is it's been great to talk with you. And Absolutely. Yeah. I, you can find me primarily on uh, Facebook, Worship Hero. Just search okay. for that. Uh, YouTube, I am on Heroic Disgrace and Worship okay. Hero. You can find me. Uh, and then 
um, yeah, uh, social social media stuff, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you want the book, heroicdisgrace.com. Okay. And we'll make sure we'll sync all that up in the show notes for for you listeners out there. Go check it out. Get the book. It's phenomenal. Uh, definitely highly recommend. It's got to be in your library, guys. So, Scott, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blessing. Thank you so much for everything you shared today on the line within us, brother. You bet. Thank you, Chris. At The Line Within Us, we discuss wealth a lot, and our sponsor at Investing for Beginners provides great resources for those wanting to take their knowledge of investing to the next level. Their monthly research e-letter is the best way to learn about the market and apply insight to begin growing your wealth. The newsletter tracks the founder's journey of managing a portfolio and shares how the decisions are made. For the beginning investor, This could be a great way to learn how to get started with investing from a company that is putting their money where their mouth is. I've been subscribing to their e-letter for quite some time, and it's something I look forward to every month, and I've learned a ton. They're a conservative group with an emphasis on a margin of safety. The Lion Within Us listeners can receive 15% off the monthly e-letter by visiting thelionwithin.us slash IFB that's investing for beginners and using the promo code lion at checkout. That's the lion within dot us slash IFB and use promo code lion to receive 15% off your monthly research e-letter. All right, guys, that was a powerful conversation with Scott box. And I'm going to tell you what, that, that guy, he, he's phenomenal out just a, what a great story. What a great way he's trying to help people with that heroic disgrace message. Guys, it's important. This is so important. As you go walk in your journey, you're going to have battles. You know, Satan's going to throw those darts at you. You have to be prepared. You have to be ready. And then you have to accept also that you can't do it all by yourself. Okay, guys, we need support. So guys, the one thing I want you to think about this week, do you believe there's always hope? Do you believe it? Because you need to understand, you know, faith, hope, and love. Hope is in there. God has given us hope, and our hope can only be found in our, in our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, guys, I pray that this, this message today, I know it was heavy. We cover a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. When we're talking porn, we're talking addictions, we're talking mental health, bipolar, fear. Guys, these are the conversations we need to have. And I pray that it serves you well. Now, if this hits you emotionally, let us know. Let us know how we can serve you better. You know what? There may be a brother out there right now who needs to hear this message. Share it with them. Send it to them. Guys, keeping this in your pocket does no good. Because you need to be, just lean in. Be vulnerable. Hey, this may pick you up. You know, go what? Go to the linewithin.us. Check out the Bible study. There's things in the Bible study we talk about that can help you specifically in some of these areas, particularly around fear and, and leaning in and trying to, to, to take uh, control where you can and ultimately how to surrender to God and let him lead your life. Join the Lions Den. You can get, again, thelionwithin.us. Give us a rating. Write a review. Those things really do make an impact, guys. So I, again, thank you. Thank you for sharing. There's so many podcasts that you could listen to, but you listen to the line within us. I can't say what that means to me. You know, when we look and we see the people that we're impacting and numbers come in and all that stuff, it's all God. 
This is nothing that Chris is doing. I can promise you that. First of all, I'm not smart enough, but God, he's got this. There is something special about the line within us, and God is blessing it. And I thank each and every one of you for taking the time. Now, go out, unleash the lion within. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.